0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. A lot of things to talk about today. We're going to talk about some, some risers and fallers in, in spring practice, plus get into some of your comments, plus talk a little bit about recruiting. A lot to get to today on today's Locked On Badgers, but let's go, let's do it on Wisconsin. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. Thank you for making this uh again just one of your first listens every single day. Uh, excuse me. I really do appreciate it as we just keep building this community up. Uh big housekeeping note. I want to start here. We have a location for our our launch live show slash meet and greet slash let's let's drink beer and eat wings together and be merry, slash, let's give away some swag, slash locked on meetup. Let's go. We have a spot. We have a location. Um We're going to, it's going to be the Friday before the launch. We're going to have a show uh, and hopefully get together with as many people as possible. It's going to be at the Scotty bar. Really excited for it. I'm going to put some details out on Twitter. What I need from everybody, if you're interested in coming and joining us for a great time, it's free. There's no tickets to buy, nothing like that. Have a great time with us. Talk Badgers. Um, I'm hoping to get a couple guests there as well. We're hoping to do some giveaways. If you want to come out and do that, support the show and just kind of chop it up. Let's talk Badgers. Um, let me know, send me a DM, get on the Discord. I'm trying to figure out how many people we have so I can let the, the Scotty Bar know. Um, it's in a great spot. Talked to the gentleman today. Um, I'm really excited for it. So, yeah, let me know. Let me know if, if you're interested in coming. If you have questions, I, I'm gonna get more details out there. I don't want to put it all on this podcast just because I want to get to other things, but I'm gonna put details out there. But let me know if you're interested in joining us on Friday, uh, for a live. Show slash meet and greet slash swag giveaway slash let's just talk Badgers. Let me know. Send me a DM. Send me an email. Let me know on the Discord. All right. So that's out of the way. More details coming on that as well. So if you missed it, don't feel like you got to write it down in the car while you're listening to this. I'm going to put it out on Twitter. We're going to keep talking about it, but we have a date. I hope everyone is able to make it. Everyone that's able to support this show, because I would love to say thank you personally to a bunch of people that have made this possible. So um I hope to see everybody there for that. I really am excited for it. And Justin will be there. Rajiv will be there. I'll be there. Again, um, I think I'm working on a couple guests, too, that you're going to – that would be fun if you guys are want to show up and see it. All right, let's talk week one, spring practice. I wanted to do kind of a zoom out, right? We we get very micro uh, after every practice, you know, every tweet. We're analyzing every highlight film like it's the the Kennedy assassination, trying to find where the second football was thrown from, right? Let's, let's zoom in out a little bit who are some big picture risers some maybe big picture fallers uh from that first week of practice i want to start with the receiver room in my risers group and again this i'll say it one time at the beginning of the show this is still very early right but i think the receiving group the receiver room for me is in that risers category it has to be right i talked about it in a previous show just the depth the versatility the playmakers it's you know, the, the the trio from last year is still in place, making plays, but we've heard Pauling, uh, CJ Williams, Bryson Green isn't even in there yet. Uh, Chris Brooks continues that hype train. Receiver room for me is a definite riser. All right, let's go to a faller. Nick Evers, right? It's, it's uh, gosh, I hate, I, this is the last time I'll say it, I promise. It's early, but people expected Evers to come in and compete right away for that two-spot. I mean, there was a time before Mordecai came on board that people thought this is our starter this year and let's go. And, you know, he's having trouble getting reps in front of even at times the the third string quarterback, right? It is very clearly a Mordecai tier, uh, a Braden Locke tier, and then a rest of them tier, right? And it's, it just, I think people are a little surprised by that because he has the physical tools, but it. It's just hasn't been there this spring yet, right? Braden Locke clearly seems to have that number two spot, um, whether it's through classwork, whether it's just because he's a little more advanced in this offense. I thought he would come in and be a little more advanced, but I think you have to put Evers in that fallers group. Um, and then the converse of that, right? Braden Locke is, is in the risers. I, I talked about I expect him to come in and be the number two quarterback this year. I think he's going to be a little more advanced as a thrower. But the interesting thing to me is being the number two quarterback this year, I think gives you a leg up to be the number one quarterback next year. And I think that's what Braden Locke is putting himself in position to be. Because you get more reps as the number two guy, right? You you just get more reps because you have to be ready to go in. So the fact that he's kind of at the very early stages of this this number two quarterback race, he's established a stranglehold on that position. I think it bodes really well for the future of Braden Locke in this program. Another follower, Jake Reinfro through no fault of his own, but in a boot, uh, on crutches. This is not what you want for a guy transferring into a program, learning a new offensive system. Remember, he was a Cincinnati guy. He doesn't know Longo or, or Bicknell Jr., the offensive line coach. These are all new variables to him. He's new in this locker room, and he missed last year with an injury, and now he's back on crutches. It's a different injury, uh, um, but that's that's – that stinks. That's not good. That's not what you want from your star <clears throat> offensive line import, right? Now it is 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 he in jeopardy for the fall? I doubt it. I don't think it's from what I've heard and from what we've seen in reporting, probably not a super major thing, but he needs these reps. He's he didn't play last year. Now he's probably a little rusty. I think he needs these reps. So that's a bummer. To me, that that's that's a it's certainly again no fault of his own. Injuries happen in football, but that's not a good one uh risers Cade Yakimelli. you know injuries to braylon allen ches malusi julius getting dinged up you know yak has gotten a lot of of touches and he's acquitted himself well he you know again this is a physical dude well built yoked up played running back in high school played everywhere in high school i like him a lot i liked him on the offensive side when we brought him in as a recruit i'm glad they shifted him over and now he's getting those reps and uh it sounds like he looks pretty good it doesn't surprise me he is an athletic in the space type of guy. Um, I like him as a riser Um, stock down. Uh, It's, it's again, just the, the backup cornerback depth. We've talked about it. It sounds like there's been coverage breakdowns. There's been some issues. Uh, Some of those receivers have had some days outside of, you know, not talking to Alex Smith and Ricardo Holman types necessarily, but you wonder if the backup cornerback depth is where it needs to be for this year. Um, And an injury to Alexander Smith could be a big deal for this team. Uh, three more risers quick, Jack Pugh, um, receiving really nice praise out there. Great to see him healthy. Certainly a at the tight end depth chart that could use him. Uh, Ricardo Holman kind of established himself as that number two cornerback. And Travion Blaylock coming back from injury, running with the ones, and it sounds like he's in the no-contact jersey, right, because they're, they're taking it easy with him, being careful with him. But he sounds like he's ready to go. And that's really exciting to me because this is a physical strong athletic specimen would have been a starter last year. I love that. He put in the work, he rehabbed He's back and now he's probably going to get that opportunity this year. That safety group is deep. It is explosive. It's athletic. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. So, um, Travion bloodlock is my last riser coming up. We're going to talk a little recruiting recap, um, get Justin on the show. He was able, he had to delay just a little bit, but he's going to jump on the show. We're going to talk kind of the state of the recruiting class, where we're at, and then we got a bunch of comments and questions from y'all we're going to talk about coming up next on Locked On Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar. Talk about Built Bar a lot. They are my nutritional go-to protein powerhouse. 100% real chocolate, great flavors. Churro is my favorite. And listen, it's not a lot of calories, not a lot of sugar. It's 15, 17, 20 grams of protein, depending on what you're getting. And my kids love it. It's delicious. It is a healthy go-to, something that you can throw in your cabinet in between snacks or in between meals. You can get that on the way to the gym, on the way back from the gym. Um, just incredible flavor, lots of protein, healthy snack. And we all need to be a little better with our nutrition. So Built Bar is where I go. It is the best protein bar on the planet. Um, and they've gone mainstream. Go to Walmart, get your four-bar box, four box, or to Sam's Club, get your variety pack. Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. You'll thank me later. All right, let's keep going. Let's get Justin in on the show. I have to join a little late. Justin, my friend, welcome to the show. Um, Let's talk recruiting roundup. So this is something you want to talk about. You missed some of my um, spring practice risers and fallers. I want to give you an opportunity. If you had something there, somebody somebody that either really caught your eye or somebody that is a little disappointing potentially.
1: Well, I mean, I think obviously we got to go Braden Locke. He's he's played pretty out of his mind to start this the Bulk of the passing highlights have been his, even though Mordecai's obviously played but well himself and is playing against the first stringers. Um, I want the entire wide receiver room. Can we yep, can we say that? Too. Yep. I will say this: it's it's interesting that we're not hearing a lot of names from last year, last year's group that mm. were starters. It's a lot of Chris Brooks, it's a lot of uh Williams, it's a lot of Will Pauling that we're hearing that are making the biggest plays. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and if, if there's any shakeup in that depth chart. Yeah, that's
0: um, good point.
1: Defensively, as far as what's happened in the first week, I do have some concerns, I think, just because I don't know what we're going to see from a run defense standpoint. I think pass defense is going to take an uptick in aggressiveness and, and playmaking, but I'm a little worried about that that front seven in terms of pass rush and ability to hold up against the uh, the more stout run teams that we play
0: that's interesting we have a question in our comments that we're going to get to that deals with that i'm actually higher on the run defense and lower on the pass defense i think than you are so but we're going to get to that we have a comment coming up justin one of the things you want to talk about was kind of just a recruiting snapshot of where we are obviously we had the the latest commit jensen we have four um commits in the 2024 class that puts us seventh in the big 10 currently we're fifth in player average so if you look at the average player ranks we're fifth um behind the the obvious three Mm -hmm. right penn state michigan ohio state And then I think Michigan State is also ahead of us in average player ranking right now. So how do you feel right now at the 24 class?
1: I I honestly feel really good. I think every player that we currently have in the class, I think is capable of rising based off skill set. I think mature has a chance to really jump out of the quarterbacks that that we've seen. Like from a physical standpoint, the guy just has measurables that most don't. Mm -hmm. Like he's got a huge arm. He's big, he's strong, he can run. There's a little bit of everything there. And if he has, if he shows out a senior year, it, I would not be shocked to see him be a mid four star. He could be a 93, 94 type guy. And we could really be happy with how our quarterback recruiting went this cycle. Um, I think Steck has a chance to stay where he's at. I think Booker has a chance to jump into the four-star range. Like there's a lot of physical tools on him that if he has a big senior season, you're looking at a guy who projects really well. He's a big receiving target that has a, a wingspan that is uncommon, being mm-hmm. a 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, guy who can run. Um, and then you have an offensive lineman in Jensen who I think, like, he's probably not going to be a left tackle, but I think there are tools there and and size that is uncommon that I think you have a guy who could very well turn into a four-star too. There aren't many 6'7", guys who can comfortably carry 300-plus. Yeah. And he's a guy who can easily go 320 and carry it at a, at a, at a good size, rather than being a guy who's packing on bad weight to get to that.
0: Yeah. It's interesting with your comment on Jensen. I had the same thought. I was like, I don't think he's a left tackle, but he could be a really good right yeah. tackle or even card. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like to commit a lot. I just, he doesn't have the the incredibly ballerina graceful feet of like the four star left tackle. Right. Like, yeah. but these could be a really good offensive alignment. Um, and then with Booker, I was talking to John Garcia, just depending on your take there. He said, like, if this dude was in Miami or if he was in Texas, at a big program, like, he's a four star. Oh yeah, and that's that's
1: honestly, I watched his footage and that's what I saw. I'm like, this is a guy who can run, and who's huge, yeah, and he's he's got basketball type skills out there, high pointing. So you have a guy that's got that kind of size, which he's he's bigger than most tight ends, like six four, six five is common. He's probably six 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 and you know, almost six seven. And, and doing this stuff. And both of him and Steck is another six guy. Like these guys, we got the prototypical size that you'd like at that position. These, these guys are offensive lineman type size. Yeah. They're, they're not as wide, but they're as tall. And you have a wingspan that you're not, you can't put a corner on that. You just can't. Cause they're going to get slaughtered in the, it's like a post up. Like you have a power forward
0: on a guard. Dude, who's your favorite recruit in this class so far? I have quarterback I, by default. Yeah,
1: it's it's going to be quarterback by default, but that's because I love his film. Like out of the quarterbacks that we have, that we have, and I I love I like everyone we brought in. tour is the guy who I look at the film and I'm like, that guy to me says NFL. Like I look at his, some of the stuff that I've seen from the way he moves, the way he throws the ball. I'm like, that's something that looks like I could see this on an NFL team and not look at. He's he's got. Like the Joey Lawrence, or I mean, not Joey Lawrence, uh, Lawrence, like it's, it goes beyond hair with him. Like the way they move is somewhat similar in the type of athletes that they are.
0: It's weird though, that he's a three high three-star, right? Is Cause it, it is. He, well, he, He's
1: a high three-star here. He's a four-star at least one service. And sure. I think it basically, it's weird to me because I look at it and it's like the production's there. And the size and, is there. Yeah. The arm strength is there. <laughs> and the speed is there.
0: And so he's playing at a high level in Texas. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. It's like, what? It's, the not, it's not like this guy's played in Wisconsin and putting oh. up these numbers. So, it's, yeah, I, I think we'll see it. I think there's a little bit of maybe that they thought he was going to jump this season, but the projectables were there. Like this isn't a guy who had to physically mature. He was there already last year. So it's like, what are you waiting for on this guy?
0: Right. Yeah. I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say some of it could be mental, but I don't buy that. Like there's, there's not many quarterbacks that you look at, are doing things at a high level mentally in the high school game. And you think this is going to translate. Yeah. I mean, I, most of them are playing a wide open spread where the, the coach is effectively telling them where to go with the ball.
0: Yeah. It's not Peyton Manning back there, audibly yeah. like moving the safety with his eyes. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just weird to me because Omaha, <laughs> Omaha, like I'm rolling the cover. No, like it's mostly just big athletic dudes with physical traits, wheeling yeah. their teams to victories. And when you look at the, the tool chest here, Size check, arm strength, check, speed, check, production, check, high-level competition, check, visibility, check. Um, uh, he's six four, six five. And then you you you're like they, to me, I, I'm not the conspiracy guy, but this feels like a dude if he committed to Notre Dame, Ohio State, like he's a four-star yeah. quarterback. Probably it just feels like there's a little bit of a I'm we're not giving him the benefit of the doubt yet. Yeah, but I think it's gonna come. I there's a very high ceiling here with with Toyer. Well,
1: he's getting into the Longo school, where apparently if you you go in there, your stats go off the charts right away, no matter who you are. So if it's weird, it's like I was going to ask you the question. One of the things I wanted to talk about when it comes to wide receivers and stuff like that. Do you think that there is a substantial skill difference in wide receivers, or do you think that the the type of system that a kid goes into can be is is a large chunk of what is the difference between a kid that busts out in college and a guy that doesn't do a whole lot
0: yes i mean i think both i think both would be true
1: i think it's a little of both but i think i actually lean more on if you have a, a oc who is really good at knowing how to put players in a position to be successful then they're going to be successful which is why you constantly see certain systems churn out guys at a high level
0: yeah but it's always it always goes back to the chicken and the egg thing right like Longo's also getting, like, just go back to the last couple years. Is is Kendrick Pryor going to put up the numbers in Longo's system that a guy like Will Pauling or a guy like C.J. Williams or a guy like, you know, we're, we're getting better talent as well, and they're going to be in a better system. Because you and I talked about it, you know, Pryor and, and Danny Davis were, were totally fine Big Ten receivers, but they're not better than the top six in this group today coming into this oh
1: it's not close um i think that they would be no better than maybe like eighth right and then then that a lot of that it's no offense to either one of those guys from a physical tool standpoint they were behind the curve i really like the straight line speed on prior but but they were both thinner framed wide receivers who were not guys who were meant they just weren't physical like mm -hmm. and that's not to say that they didn't they weren't physical in the sense of what they had they just weren't guys who were going to be out there packed in muscle and just muscle up a corner they just didn't have that that type of size to them and that's unfortunately a, a a negative aspect of it it's why you see the guys who end up coming out of the you know smaller conferences are guys who are late bloomers typically who do put on the weight yeah you rarely see a a a slight framed wide receiver who is a guy who gets drafted high in the draft there are a few of them. West Virginia's would be the one that I would say is probably the the school that got away with most of it when they were when they had their high flying offense.
0: I was gonna say um, I instantly went to Randy Moss. Of course, that's going back twenty years to Marshall. But
1: Moss Moss was a two hundred pound guy by the time but he, he, was. Was he was there. He well, coming was, out of college, yeah, he, he he got definitely got bigger in the NFL. I think more of that had to do with just the, the strength training in the NFL as opposed to college.
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's do this. Let's jump into some comments. We got a bunch of them, so we're gonna try to roll through them either off the YouTube live chat or in the YouTube section. We're gonna take a very quick break. Come back, Justin. A bunch of comments, including uh, some more criticism with great Guard. Um, <laughs> somebody having a chance encounter with um, Isaac Guard. So while he's eating, talking about a transfer portal. We got all of that and more on lockdown address coming was, up. Was
1: somebody reading the Discord earlier?
0: <laughs> let's go um but first a quick word from our uh sponsors our friends of the show over at lockdown badgers all right let's bring justin back in again really do appreciate everybody justin's going to be at the launch justin and i told him about it we got a space we got a place yeah I, the only thing i'm we expecting need you guys now, down there we need people to let us yeah. know you're coming so what yeah. what the bar said is let us know how many people are coming please don't make me go through all this hoopla and have six people show up please
1: yeah. we expect you down there Get some day drinking in. No yes. one will judge you. You're amongst yeah. friends.
0: Yes, we'll all get some day drinking in. Okay, so let let's jump into this, Justin. A bunch of comments here. Uh, let's start with Mark, and this is something you talked about earlier, Justin. He said, "Can the three three five, the even the two three six, be physical enough at the line of scrimmage in the Big Ten? Can what we're doing defensively be physical enough?" And everybody goes back to Rich Rod going to Michigan, running the three three five, and frankly, never stopping anybody.
1: I think it's going to heavily depend on having a guy like a Hunter Wooler type in that scheme. You need a guy who, if if you're going to have a hybrid safety, who can bring the wood. He's got to be able to come downhill and he's got to blow people up. Because number one, he's going to start a couple yards deeper than whoever else would normally be at that spot. So you need an athletic freak. And the other three defensive linemen have to be good. The thing that scares me a little bit is us hearing that they widen the splits a little bit. I, I don't love that because you want to kind of pack it in and, and keep the lanes slim and make them make them run laterally, basically, if they're going to break stuff uphill. Uh, I don't want guys that are going to be running up the middle and gashing us. I want to find out that they have to work to the side to get around us and then go. Uh, and then if you have a guy like Wooler who can charge downhill, he's probably going to get beat him to the spot and just light him up.
0: Well, um, to be fair, maybe they're going – a little wider on passing situations. And that I, could very well be. Yeah. I, I hear you though. I it's definitely going to be a bit of an adjustment. The the thing I like with the run defense standpoint is I just like the fact that we have a bunch of upperclassmen stout defense alignment. We I do. don't I don't think we have the elite talent there necessarily. I hate to say that, but I think we have a bunch of guys who in that that are old and they're in that 290 range. And I think we're going to be fine against the run. I really do. I worry more about the pass defense because I worry about the depth at cornerback. And that's where I was saying earlier. That's really more of my bigger concern. It's the pass yeah. and the cornerback depth. That's my biggest concern on defense.
1: It'll be interesting. I I need to see because one of the things that part of the reason you bring a guy like Phil Longo in is you want to go out there and you want to put pressure on a team like an Iowa, or whoever, by going up twenty-one nothing on them, and have like suddenly be like, Wisconsin's turning it into a track meet. You, if you're gonna if you want to win this, you're gonna have to run with us, which means that you're not running the football and trying to put together an eight-minute drive. So. That's the goal the way I kind of see it. And we've seen Ohio State do it for years now. Now, Wisconsin doesn't have Ohio State's talent. But there are things you can do where if Wisconsin gets to the point where they're scoring upper 30s points per game, those teams don't traditionally score in that range. Yeah. So if you start getting to that point where you put 28 on a team like Iowa or Minnesota in the first half, that's a lot of pressure on them because that's a lot of scoring for their offense. Like again against fun. Wisconsin, getting to thirty is probably it's it's normally whoever gets to 30, 30 first wins.
0: Yeah, it makes them uncomfortable. Uh, I like that mentality. You had a really good point in the Discord, by the way, where you said, you know, you were talking about that balance between offense and defense. And people will talk about, well, the the air raid offense. You know, if you go three and out, the defense comes right back on the field. Well, if you have a bad offense and you go three and mm-hmm. out, the defense comes right back on the field too. You know, we long- saw it all the time last year yeah. where the yeah. offense
1: just ran the ball three times, took a minute and a half off the clock.
0: And the Defense, is and right the defense back goes out. right back
1: out. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's a very well, I good take
1: point. the seven points.
0: Yeah, it's a very <laughs> good point. Um, let's get some points and not worry about time of possession. Yeah, so, yeah thanks exactly. so much. All right, let's get through some of these comments. Uh, we gotta bang through a couple of these kind of quick. Um, this one uh from Dan Benstein said is Derek six six two eighty or 6, 7, 330? His uh coach says he's three thirty, Twitter says he's three ten, rivals. I think says he's two eighty. Um he will be a unanimous four star soon. I'm gonna go with what he says. He says he's 310. I would,
1: ho- I hope that he's 310 because if he's at 330 right now in a high school strength and conditioning program, he's gonna have some bad weight to shed. Mm-hmm.
0: Like that's
1: that's a little heavy. Uh, you'd probably like to see him. I know he's six seven, six 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 seven. Even if he's a big boy, you're probably saying, "I want to see you around 300 coming in, and then we'll put 20 pounds of muscle on you."
0: He could be a monster. Yeah. Uh- Rio C said, we never worry about the D and I don't think we need to. Now the kids step up every time they step up until they don't is yeah. what I would say.
1: Oh, and that's, and that's really it, isn't it? We have no clue where it's going to go. Now I'm going to be honest. I I don't feel like the defense is going to take a major step back. Like I think the difference that we may see is Wisconsin may go from being a top 10 defense type team to being a top 25, mm-hmm. which is still a really good defense. And if you're scoring 10 more points a game, do you really care? because you're probably not giving up 10 more points. You're probably giving up maybe three more. We'll take the extra seven and and point differential.
0: Yeah, you and I are pretty aligned on this. I I don't think it's by any stretch going to be a bad defense. I just think it's taking – I think it's taking a step back because I think the pass rush is a major potential problem here that we have not solved.
1: There's going to be some retooling too. Like we're – Fickle did a better job of finding disruptive players up in the front. Now he takes some guys who have some, some projection to them some guys that are athletes that he gets in that 230 range that he bulks up to 270, 280 that are athletes. And that's, it's kind of like Wisconsin does with tight end a little bit. Like that's kind of what we're going to be looking for at that, that the defensive line. Uh, a good point was made. I, I don't know if it was Zach Holopren or somebody like that, that said all of the sack leaders effectively have been defensive linemen at Cincinnati. That's what's going to happen at Wisconsin. I don't see that changing. So we may have a year or two here where we have to adjust, but he's going to go after four star. Guys or guys who are upper three stars with a lot of projection and athleticism to them. And that's what Wisconsin's going to be. We're going to be closer to a hybrid 3-4 type defense where we're going to expect the three guys that are in there to be pass rushers. And you're probably going to have another guy who's going to be kind of a, a a combo type player. He's going to be a bigger linebacker who can drop a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I mean Tresla's has talked about though marrying up what they did there with what Wisconsin's been great at, which is finding those linebackers. It is finding those elite players. Mm-hmm. A lot of those come from in state. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I would. I don't know if I would go that far to to say that we're going to be transition more into the, the pressure comes from the D line because we're able to fi- a lot. It won't be this come. year. Well, I think even I don't know because a lot of those tweener linebacker types you find in state pretty easily.
1: Well, based off of what we've we've done, yeah, they're normally the six two guy who's two ten in high school. We bulk up to two thirty, two forty. I think he's going to go after some more of the guys who are a step slower, who are the six five, six six type guys, who are two thirty five. Who you're looking at more as like a four three defensive end that you can probably turn into a kind of a freak show off the edge.
0: Mm. It's going to be interesting, man. Um, mm. Couple more comments here. This is from Commandant Klink. I was pessimistic the other day, Justin. You weren't on the show when it came to beating Ohio State in football. I know what Rajiv would tell me. I'm just not buying it. Like we're not beating Ohio State this year. I don't buy it.
1: I think, listen, if the offense takes absolutely hits the ground running, we can we can punch Ohio State in the mouth. Sure. They have they have not had a defense in the last three, four years that, that you look at, bar, like what was the last year? The last year they had uh, Chase Brown. Chase, Chase Young? Young, Chase Young on the edge, uh, who – that was the last year that they had a really, truly great defense.
0: Who had a four-sack game against us, yeah. or was it three? Yeah. Three, uh, just a nightmare fuel. Now,
1: this offense is going to cause more issues. So, Ohio State's not going to be able to play downhill as much against Wisconsin, which I do think we've actually augmented the passing game, too, and we will be able to score on them a little. The question is, is can you score at that? Like so much comes down to what Ohio State has at quarterback. And I've said it before. The difference there is you need to go from having a guy who is a top first round draft draft pick types QB down to a guy who is a really good college quarterback, but not necessarily a great NFL type guy. And that's where Wisconsin can make hay against Ohio State. They need to take a step back. We need to take a step
0: up. I think it'll be closer, right? I think we'll compete. Like, I your point. Make, yeah,
1: I think we make them uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, we can punch them in the mouth. But I think the one point I would make on the Ohio State-Wisconsin thing is everyone's super excited for Fickle and what they've done in Longo and the quarterbacks, and they should be, like I am. But Ohio State's been recruiting at that level and better for mm-hmm. seven I – mean, forever, right? Like there's, there's just a, such a talent gap there still. Give Fickle two or three more years, right? That yeah. is what I'm saying. Like it, I don't think it's happening this year. I know we get him in yeah. Madison – you,
1: you need Tanner Mordecai to effectively show out as a Heisman type guy. Yeah. Versus and their guy has to be a year away. Yeah. So yeah. if, and he, if can... they have a quarterback that throws 30 touchdowns versus the 45 touchdown guy that they've had, yeah, they, they're gettable by a lot of teams then.
0: Yeah, I, I agree there. Um, this is an interesting take here. You he, uh Angelo said he was eating. Not, it's just funny. It made me laugh. He's eating kid ramen, talking about Jordan Davis transfers with his girlfriend, looked over to the table and saw Isaac Gard next to me. Immediately had to shut up to be polite. Smart move, Angelo. <laughs> Smart move, son. Um, let's keep going here. This one, Justin, you've talked about this a little bit before in terms of Greg Guard not playing people on the bench, not allowing people to develop as much as you would like, frankly, as much as I would like either. He said, uh, Greg Guard's too willing to stay with five guys rather than use more than eight players. In the end, it hurt the team. That's from Roger Eaton.
1: I think guard plays to squeeze out the most of what he thinks he has, what the highest ceiling is. And that's going to be his five starters. It just is. But there's going to be three, four games a year where you're just going to exhaust that team. And you're going to need to get something from a guy off the bench where you maybe get a spark when the the five starters aren't playing great. And you can't expect that from a guy who hasn't been playing at all. You just can't.
0: I think it's your your injury insurance too, right? Like yeah. if you, you play the, those guys a little bit in the non-con, yeah. then when a Tyler Wall gets hurt, for example, or a Klesman gets hurt, you can go to those players and they have yeah. some experience already instead of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen now? Yeah. It's not like a break class in case of emergency at that point. I wish we would have seen a little more Hodges this year, but I again, guard season in practice. So if potentially it's just a recruiting miss as well. It's just hard to say, but... I I think he's a little too tight on the leash. We've talked about this. Well,
1: we'll look at it this way: if you, if say, if if Wall had gone for down for a prolonged period, and Gilmore was banged up, do you really want to put Ilver out there having played nothing, and say we need 25 minutes out of you tonight? Yeah. No, you'd rather get 10 minutes a game against the bad teams that you play in the non-con, and say, all right, now we have some film to work with you on, and you can visually see what you're doing wrong in these situations, and. Listen, I get it. They see him in practice. It's not the same thing. You know, Ryan, I know we've played sports our whole lives. It's just not the same thing playing in practice as it is playing in a game when the pressure is ramped up, when you're freaking out a little bit about making mistakes. Because in practice, you don't, you just don't care about mistakes as much. Your coach is going to tell you what you did wrong, and you're going to adjust and try to fix it there. In a game, if you make that mistake, it can be the difference between a win and a loss. And a winning and getting pulled.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, you and I are on the same page with that one. I, it's frustrating to me that that guard doesn't expand it a little, especially in games where you can and where you have the opportunity yeah. to do it. Um, and then when you might need it down the stretch, you kind of know what those players have in a game situation.
1: And and don't be up fifteen against these bad teams and put them in with a minute and a half left when they're playing against the other team's awful players. It's like this has turned into a glorified rec game. Yeah. Like neither neither nobody's playing defense at a high level. This is not pressure basketball at this point anymore.
0: Yeah, the wheels would not fall off if Hodges played five minutes a game. No, I, not at all. I I will die on that hill. All right. We're gonna wrap it up there, y'all. Um a little bit of a tight window today, but really do appreciate it. Remember, let me know if you're interested in coming down to the launch event we're doing. We're, we're excited for it. There's probably gonna be wings in in and adult beverages and badger talk. So let's get it on Wisconsin.